All right, I think we are live. We're here with Ben Allen, the new commissioner of the ISL, and Matt Dorr, the new CEO of the ISL. Welcome, Hi, guys. Everyone. How are you doing? Really good. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, likewise. Real pleasure. So, thanks for doing this. I'm, uh, what's, 9 o'clock a.m. in Delaware. Where are you guys? We're in London, yeah, London at the moment. So. London, yeah, so okay. A little, bit, a little bit of an easier, easier timeline, so thanks for... Early thanks afternoon. For on in the morning. Um, as we chat here, guys, I'm going to go into a different screen when, when you guys talk. So we'll, we'll pull you up a little closer so that way people can get a better view of you as well. So listen, I really appreciate you doing this. There's obviously been uh, a lot of talk recently about ISL in terms of what they were going to do this year. And then now they're pulling back a little bit. And now they've, they've brought you guys on as, as new executives, which is um, exciting and and challenging. So we wanted to kind of talk about some of those challenges today, but just to get to know both of you guys a little bit better, uh, Ben, just tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, cheers, Brett. So I'm Ben, obviously. Um, I used to swim in uh, for the Hong Kong national team as an age grouper. I was primarily a freestyler and a flyer. But um, then, you know, I went to the UK for university and became a serial entrepreneur after that. But, you know, one of my main motivations for actually getting involved in the ISL is I've been kind of sponsoring the ISL, specifically London Raw, for a while. And, you know, I, I really love swimming. And mm -hmm. if the ISL had been an actual viable option for someone like me, maybe things would have turned out differently. I might have continued swimming. So, you know, that's just a little bit about my background. And I'm really, really proud and excited to actually have the opportunity to take this forward. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you what, if the ISL was a viable option for me, I wouldn't have retired at the age of 31 either. I would have been swimming, swimming into my, my 40s, maybe like Nick Santos. Uh, you know, oh, what, what, a, what a beast, Nick, by 24. the way. We, we respect. <laughs> yeah, what a legend. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now, Matt, uh, Matt Dorr, you're the new CEO of the ISL. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So it's a similar story to Ben. I mean, I didn't, I didn't swim to quite such a high, high level. I was like an age grouper in counties in the UK. Um, and then did a variety of other sports at university. was a water polo player through that time as well. Um, and then again, a very similar kind of backstory going into business straight, straight out of university, then coming. We, we came on gradually on board in the ISL, first of all, in a more advisory capacity. The Constantine initially actually sponsoring, um, sponsoring some of the events um, and London. Um, and then just moved into the exec role from there. Um, nice. So very similar motivations, really trying to make uh, trying to make swimming professional sustainable yeah yeah absolutely well listen um you know the isl has been something that has really taken the world by storm in the last four years really and and it's something that swimming was desperately in need of and and look i have been um part of the isl in the first season i was part of um the la current and, and yeah. had a great experience with lenny krasberg and his team I had to pull back a little bit because I just couldn't commit to some of the things they, they needed me for the second and third seasons. But I was a I was a fan and I was watching from the sidelines um, during that time. I will say there were some things that came up because of my role as a podcast host where, yep. yeah. you know, I was critical of some things that were happening. But, you know, I think w when I went to visit Constantine, I was invited over by him to come to the uh, ISL final in Eindhoven. Um, just a few months back and uh, listen you, you know when you get on deck and you see the athletes and you see the coaches and you see the support staff and you see the people working behind the scenes you realize they're the people that matter the most they they were so happy and they were so passionate about competing for their teams and so happy to be there and giving everything they'd had and uh, and it was just one of those experiences where you pull back and you say, okay, it's important to be critical, but it's also important to know the bigger picture here is like, this is good for swimming and this is what swimmers want. And, um, and so look, I just wanted to be able to give you guys a platform to kind of talk about, you know, what, what has been happening, why you guys came on yeah. board, where you're headed in the future. So in terms of um, just where we are today, what, what's the scenario as we sit here today? So, well, firstly, um, I think from both of us and everyone in the ISL kind of league office, our colleagues, you know, Brett, thank you very much. Uh, we really appreciate um, giving us this platform and having the opportunity to chat to you and obviously uh, our community today. Um, but in terms of where are we at now, right? Um, we made the decision to postpone the season because we recognize the need to really push towards financial sustainability. Um, we're, we're not here to 
you know, try to say the same things again to the community or try to pull the hood over your eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand that there have been problems, um, especially financial ones and, and management of expectations. Uh, we understand that, um, you know, a lot of athletes need the money. Um, and so that's why we really just wanted to start putting the ISL on a track of just being sensible, you know, and, and not having this kind of toxic culture, essentially, of pushing forward, even whilst we still have outstanding obligations to people. So the, the main decision to postpone the season comes from us uh, because we recognize we've got to pay everyone first, not just athletes, but staff and commercial partners. Um, and then after that, it really is just taking a step back, right? And being a lot more sensible about, about how we're going to structure the season, uh, both commercially as well as in terms of delivering the product, you know, uh, just, just making things um, simpler and more streamlined with the rest of the community, you know, such as actually working with national federations and athletes on the calendar, for example, rather than just being like, donk, here, here's the match yeah. schedule, you know, deal with it. That's, that's definitely something that we want to pull back from. And, you know, to do all of these things properly, we, we need a bit of time. Um, obviously, Constantine's focusing on the financing. We're focusing on a lot of internal restructuring. And then hopefully when we get everything sorted in the near future, we actually have a proper kind of whole year of a leeway into setting things up successfully for next year. Matt, or, or is this, is this a new I was going to say, is this, are these new positions, commissioner and, and CEO? Have we had these positions before, Matt? Yeah, it, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of um, a restructure of um, the way that the executive worked before. I mean, the, the, the ISL is a startup, right? So mm-hmm. right, right initially, it, it grew kind of organically out of what Constantine was doing, and there were some executive roles appointed. The structuring is actually reasonably complicated. And then we have had essentially, well, I would say two incumbent C, CEOs in that role. Um, but what we, when we came in, because as, as I said, you know, we came in um, initially in, in a kind of without portfolio role to advise and just to help out on a voluntary basis. We've been doing that for, uh, for some months. And then um, we were talking to Constantine and the executive more and, um, and, and, decide, and in, in collaboration with them decided that we thought that we should split that executive role. Um, to have a, a Ben's role, which is commissioner. So like a lot of, a lot of sports leagues have, have that role. In, in the ISL, it's a little bit different because um, there, there aren't owners of each individual franchise appointing the commissioner. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a little bit more of a split of the exec role. Um, but we're, it, what we're really doing is um, allowing us by splitting this role, by having two of us to be more outward facing while still taking on the responsibilities that were in um, taken on by previous executives. Yeah, when when you talk just, about splitting yeah. the role, um, Ben, I'll, say, I'll, I'll move to you. In terms of splitting the role, what, what would be the roles you think? What, what's your role, Ben, and, and what would be Matt's role you think in terms of the split? Yeah, um, so, so I will take a step back and say, you know, even though we've kind of divided the, the role between the two of us, as Matt said, like the ISL essentially is a startup. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a huge enterprise value startup, given the amount of money that Constantine's put into it, but it, right. it's still a startup. And so we, we have to be flexible, right, in terms of um, what we need to do. And I think one very key thing is that, um, you know, at, at all times, there's at least one of us, right, who, uh, you know, is going to be available uh, to the athletes, to the community, and also in constant contact with Constantine so that we can actually be transparent and give updates. But if, if we were to try to, you know, have a think about dividing the role, I would say that, you know, I have um, a bit more of a longer history of the ISL, especially in terms of like showing up and supporting the athletes. I mean, I've been supporting British swimming for many years and I, I was, you know, showed up to Vegas, for example, in season one. So I've known the athletes for a lot longer. So I think I've been taking on more of the kind of uh, communications role uh, internally with athletes as well as general managers and really making sure that everyone knows what's going on mm. and also um, kind of working a little bit more externally with people like yourselves, Brett, um, to, to really just focus on what we can control in the short term, which is improving our communication. Um, I think, you know, in, in terms of Matt's role, it's a little bit more along the lines of um, long term sustainability and commercial strategy. Um, really trying to think about how we can overhaul the way that the ISL has done things in the past and rethink the logic with regards to the way that we approach uh, trying to make the league, you know, a proper, viable, professional product. Exactly. Right, right. So let, let me say this then, just in terms of like 
the the number one issue for both of you right now? What what would you think it would be? Payments. Yeah, payments. Payments. Yeah. Payments. Right. Uh, so we, so we're who not do, here to dance around it? Yeah. Who do who do athletes go to when it comes to this issue? You know, they're they're kind of on an island singly. You know, they're all positioned around the world and they're all got the same issue. But where do they collectively come? Who do they collectively come to on this issue? So, um, you know, I have been, um, you know, okay, I'll take a step back. The first thing that I've been doing uh, since I, you know, formally got involved a couple of months ago as like in a communications role mm -hmm. was to really just reach out to all the general managers as a first step and make sure that they were kept in the loop. You know, I wanted to make sure that anything, any news, what was happening and going on inside the league would first be reported to general managers and club staff. Mm -hmm. And then they could go and tell the athletes, which means that news is actually going from the league to the GMs, to the athletes. And then finally, you know, uh, it will be out to the media, whether through our own public posts or through, you know, secondary party sites or you know, podcasters, for example, maybe sometimes even like yourself. Right. Um, and really just get the, get the flow of information uh, right, because I, I didn't want this situation where, you know, in the past, and we accept that this is the ISL's fault, that athletes would sometimes find out about the season, not through their, their general managers or from the league directly, but through kind of third party sites picking up on the story and then publishing it, and that's really bad. But to, right. to kind of directly answer your question, like who do the athletes go to? Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, the general managers actually know what's going on now. I, I talk to them at least once every week, uh, collectively, uh, in an update email. And I also talk to a lot of them on WhatsApp as well. So really trying to get up-to-date information. But um, another thing I've consistently said is I'm open to being contacted. Yeah. Like any athlete uh, who wants to reach out to me is absolutely welcome to. Uh, in fact, you know, I've been talking to an athlete who messaged me this very morning um, you know, about, about some of the challenges that they're facing. And, you know, we're, we're serious about this. I will get back to you. Um, I understand that um, the postponement of the season and also unpaid, uh, you know, even things like the solidarity payment mean that, you know, I know an athlete who, who wants to get married and is struggling as a result of lack of payment. Guys who want to go on training camps and they need this. You know, it, it, it really does affect people's lives and livelihoods. We, we get that, you know, and even though I, I can't like give an immediate solution to this, even though we are working on it, like in terms of who to talk to, just to answer your question, Brett, oh, talk to us. Yeah. We're not going to ghost you. Like we, we are actually taking upon the responsibility to um, make sure that everyone's kept in the loop. Well, just in terms of kind of maybe establishing new credibility, it's important to look back on just where the issue was and how we can change it moving forward. I understand that there's a war going on right now and that's yeah. where a major part of this issue is you know in terms of maybe moving forward but but even before that we had issues of of late payments um so ben maybe you i mean matt maybe you can answer me this um as the ceo like why was there late payments before the war i understand they're, they're why they are now but how do we fix that moving forward what was the issue in the past i think i, I can't really speak to too long in the past this season really the, the early seasons because we weren't really involved at that point we didn't um we didn't see exactly where the right. um, those payment flows came through um but i think i can go into some detail on uh, where where the money comes from right and why um even even though the conflict starts at a particular date even mm -hmm. slightly before that there were there were issues yeah. related to the conflict right. and that's so at the energy standard group which constantine owns um they they have broad interest, but one of their primary interests is the energy grid, essentially in, in Eastern Ukraine. Right. And they sell to a number of very, very large entities, including the Ukrainian government. They provide their energy. Um, and Constantine was taking money directly out of the, the profits from that and putting it into the ISL. And I think part of, as I said, I can't speak to the reasons for particular late payments in the past, but one of the things we are trying to change, even right now in terms of diversifying financing options, is um, looking, for, looking for more variable sources of funding because, um, you know, it's, Constantine's a very wealthy man, right? But it's, right. for anyone, if you lose a really significant source of cash flow like that, um, it's difficult to liquidate large assets to pay such a significant amount very quickly. I, I think you know? it is actually worth just stepping yeah. into this point and saying, you know, 
Energy standard basically means electricity distribution networks across Ukraine yeah. and, and even other parts of Eastern Europe. Mm. Um, but there are two things that guys need to understand. One, some of his stuff is literally being blown up at the moment. It's, it's not cool. And there are literally thousands of energy standard employees that Constantine has to look after as well who mm -hmm. you know, are facing the troubles there. Yeah. The second thing is, as Matt said, um, not, not exclusively, but a, a big you know, um, essentially a party that owes money to energy standard is, is the government. And, you know, Konstantin's not going to call up Zelensky and be like, hey, bro, can you, uh, I'm going to drop that invoice on no. you now. It's, it's just not really yeah. um, feasible at this point. So, you know, that's why it's very, very important, A, for people to understand, like it is genuinely very challenging for Konstantin to be juggling a bunch of these balls. And, and um, you know, he's already got a couple million dollars in Ukraine uh, which is earmarked for the ISL, which is why he originally wanted to set a deadline of around like end of uh, end of Feb, but then he couldn't get the money out because of international capital controls. So it, it is challenging, um, but this is partly why, especially on Matt's side, like we really want to focus on diversifying income streams, um, helping Constantine to do that himself as well outside of Ukraine. But secondly, the league. In, in its own entity to generate revenue and sponsorship and, and kind of move into a different model. I think, yeah, and th that's exactly right. It's something, something else I want to really highlight, which as, again, I have to apologize for, um, we, we, don't we don't necessarily have access to and we at the start yet in terms of exactly where money came from and why certain payments are delayed because we're focusing very much on meeting the payments right now. Um, but I think one of the really key things that we looked into very heavily even when we were thinking about taking this role, is um, is really just the big picture reason behind that. And I think I, I can say with a lot of confidence that this isn't a situation where Constantine is deli like deliberately or um, trying try to screw with people, screw yeah. people, yeah, and and delay payments or to um, to cause problems like that. He really, and, and I think we we can attest to this. Um, he he he, he always intended to pay on time. I think frankly speaking, set some unrealistic expectations right at the start in terms of the, the speed at which payments were going to be delivered. Mm. And I think he was overly ambitious with that. I think he, he would certainly admit that. Um, but there's, there isn't any, any malice here. And I think, um, you know, from, from our side, our job is to work with Constantine to try and get um, as quickly as possible payments to everyone who's owed them. And um, we take that very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it I'm very being grateful to Ben for going into this. It, it is important to, and, and I really do want people to appreciate, especially on Constantine's side, it is a very difficult situation. It is incredibly complicated. We are, we are trying very hard, and our, our job is, as Ben said, working with him to get alternative sources of financing in the meantime, but really our job in the longer term, and this is our main objective on this front, is to make the league sustainable so revenue and revenue generated by the league means very predictable payments to athletes and that is um that's that's really important um well i will yeah, say this we're having um some slight video issues on your side but the sound is is clear so you guys just keep talking okay. the the video will figure itself out eventually i think uh, i've okay. kind of pulled back from the full <laughs> screen but the, we frozen with the slightly angry face <laughs> possibly yeah maybe yeah <laughs> that's all right the video will catch yeah. up the sound is fine so we can keep talking well let, let's move sure on to this good. then because it, i think that addressed kind of the the past payment issue what what does the rest of 22 look like for you guys um obviously we've pulled back from the season it sounds like there's not going to be anything until 23 so what is the uh you know what's the rest of 22 look like for you two so so i wouldn't say that um we're only looking at 23. Okay. I, will, I will clarify this. Um, when we say we've postponed the season, mm -hmm. what we actually mean by that is competitive matches in the way that the ISL has existed in the past. Okay. But one of the things that we're very keen to do, assuming everything gets sorted and paid and you know, we then have cash flow in advance, um, you know, I'm very, very keen to, for example, have camps that uh, the ISL funds and you know, brings all the teams together uh, towards the end of 2022. Uh, because I think it's very important to, A, give the athletes something to do under the banner of the ISL, and B, in, in line with our new content strategy, we, we want to start creating alternative content, which isn't just matches, right? Mm. You know, and, and start looking at shorts on Instagram, things on TikTok, mm -hmm. really kind of fun and engaging things. Um, right. 
I won't need to go into too much depth, but we've, we've properly done a deep dive into the ratings from our broadcasters and our YouTube analytics. And we really think that there's a, there's a missed opportunity. We're open about yeah, this yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, um, I'd love to get some of our world-class athletes to just swim against a bunch of rounds or do like, <laughs> you know, just, yeah. just uh, or technique instruction videos or, mm-hmm. you know, funny things. Um, as well as kind of mini documentaries into the personalities of our swimmers or even building up yes. the building some narratives, um, you know, rather than, like, uh, well, you know, maybe going a little deeper um, into Ryan, you know, Com, Com Stewart, Ryan Murphy, and the comment that Ryan made. Because um, these are really interesting kind of narratives to put a spotlight onto and um, humanizes our athletes more than just kind of they swim and then poolside interview and then they go back to the team box or warm down or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, plenty of opportunities. I'd love to do camps, um, mm-hmm. and also, if possible, budget committing, uh, permitting. Sorry, S- maybe some junior league engagement. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you know, working the masters community. Like just really reaching out and doing things in a slightly different way, but in a way that also makes economic sense. Yeah, right. I like that a lot, actually. I think that was part of the the, the missing piece. I felt like we had the swimming down, we had the athletes and the performances. But there was a, a connection missing in terms of the, you know the stories and the backstories and the yep. and yep, um, exactly. the the rivalries and the the behind the scenes type stuff that I think you can you can put out daily content, which is what we're doing actually on our YouTube and and getting a lot of views from that of just putting out easy daily content that really connects the the audience with with your message and your product and i think that's a that's a fantastic idea moving forward so. yeah i I, I'll, I'll say as well actually you know it's and it's not just for the league mm-hmm. i think this is very important for the athletes to understand mm-hmm. you know we also want to give all our athletes a better platform to monetize themselves like mm-hmm. we're actually here not not just simply to make the isl mm-hmm. self-sustaining and revenue generating so we can pay everyone on time etc and and more but mm-hmm. As the sport of swimming grows and is positively transformed by what the ISL can give people, that allows the individual power of athletes themselves to monetize uh, to grow exponentially as well. So, you know, we're very happy to shine the spotlight on our athletes and to build their backstories and to humanize them in the eyes of the public, not just for the ISL, but for themselves, because everyone doing better is so important for swimming to grow as, you know, as a whole. It's very important. Looks like we got our video back, so that's a good thing. We were that's frozen fantastic. for about Hi, three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Good. We're back. Um, nice. All right. Well, then, just moving forward. Then, uh, I mean, that kind of summarizes some things and plans you want to do for for twenty two, and it's exciting that it's just not going to disappear. There's some mm-hmm. other things happening, but in terms of real competition, getting these, you know, guys and girls back in the water, yep. getting teams competing again, twenty three looks like the most viable option. What are yeah. we looking at for 23 right now? I, I think it's quite it, it's quite early to say on that um, mm-hmm. in terms of scheduling, etc. Like, right. I, I mean, if we look at the past year and the the scheduling changes that that were very difficult for everyone, especially the athletes who have to balance the training programs. Well, especially with Fina, you know, kind was, of the World Championship flip flop yeah, and everything. We, we, as well, we, don't, yeah. we don't want we don't want that. Um, and and what we what our goal is, as I said, we we can't at this stage commit to a particular particular dates, say for 2023, when right. we're not in that position. Right. Um, our mindset, though, is, yeah. to, is, is to try and make it much easier for athletes to fit the ISL into their broader year's worth of competition and training, both in terms of camps provided by the ISL and, and the competition. Um, we've been looking very, very carefully at other, uh, everything, really, so from historic swimming competition to other sports leagues which have done very very well in fitting and fitting seasons of different lengths into different types of international schedules we have a we have a very good idea about where we're going with it um, but i think that it our main priority is to make it easier than it has been for the athletes to really feel like they can just come and compete and compete and compete um, mm. and, and really get into a, a focused mindset of being with the team, competing for the team. And what we don't want to do is spread things out over a, a long period, interspersed with other competitions, with people j- having to juggle all, all kinds yeah. of things. Because it's just, just on that, like it, it's so important um, yeah. that the viewers feel that the, uh, that the athletes are really uh, engaged in, in the competition and, and right. care hugely. And we know that they do. And the way that we can bring that out 
much more easily is, is by just making the scheduling easier. I, I will right. say, Brett, in terms of super quick and easy answer on that, though, e yeah. even though we can't commit to exact things, there are a couple of things that we really want to do. One, have the calendar not clash with anything, and we yeah. want to work with national federations and athletes you know, to, to figure this out. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was in Sheffield about two weeks ago chatting to British Swimming about this. Like, we're very serious about this. Second thing, we want to have the uh, match schedule published much earlier than mm -hmm. previously so that people actually know what's happening. Right. Thirdly, we're actually going to announce the matches with locations rather than, you know, TBD. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And, you know, actually, um, and another thing is shorten the season. You know, we, yeah. we listen to the feedback. Uh, we understand that, you know, having something just incredibly long is... It just doesn't work. You know, it's, it, it doesn't work. Well, you know, it will hopefully put, it, put it this way, right? right? You know, and, and we were having a chat to Constantine about this super openly. Like, at the point where the league is self-sustaining and can pay everyone, like, everyone, all 300-plus athletes, like, a minimum of 100 grand, and the top athletes through the ISL alone can make over a mil, yeah, maybe, maybe we can extend the season, right? Because that is the professional viable option for people. Right. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet, and um, we can't be too ambitious and over-expanding. We've got to, got to start from um, a self-sustainable position, really start to grow our core audience and get more people, because it's not just competitive swimmers, right? The, the key to unlocking the true potential of swimming, not just the ISL, is for everyone on the street or everyone who swims in the world to care about ISL and want to be engaged. And so, you know, Caleb is, is you know, actually on the same level as Cristiano Ronaldo, for example. You know, um, Adam Petey is going to be on the same level as Messi. Maybe that's many, many, many years down the line. And, you know, we're not, we're not trying to be, yeah. you know, kind of pie in the sky or unrealistic about this. But that, that's what we want to see in 100 years, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, that's why we, you know, we, we got to start with our core audience and actually respond to what you guys, you know, people who follow you, Brett, for example, you are our core audience. Mm -hmm. We want to give you what you want first. And as we can build and get more money in, become more sustainable and more people are engaged, then we can start being a bit more ambitious. But that's Well, that's well Ben, I got I to gotta tell you, Ben, just the things that you talked about there, the only criticisms I've had with the ISL are things that you just talked about. And it sounds like you, you guys had the same concerns and you've taken them to Constantine. You've talked about them. You're looking to address those and change those, which to me, that's, that's it. I, that's all I really cared about is those little things where I felt like you could make some adjustments here and there. Obviously, the payments is a big deal. You guys are addressing that and um, taking that head on, which is fantastic. I think that a lot of, a lot of the criticism comes from people that want to just hate on the ISL for everything they're doing, and I think that's a real negative approach. I think, it, like I said, when I walked on the pool deck and I saw the athletes themselves, they were the ones that were happy to be part of a team, to be competing, you know, breaking world records at the at the ISL final. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's real swimming. That's real competition. Yeah. They were they were the ones that were happy to be pulled together from all parts of the globe to be put on a team to be, it's, it's so compete much against fun. other teams. They, that's they, it. they love yeah. it. They they have yeah. a great time and and they do. you know that's that's another really big motivation for for me. I know I've I've been you know, I I've been traveling around supporting London Raw and you know I've gotten to know some of the athletes mm -hmm. from the other teams as well and such a fantastic community. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, obviously competing as part of a country. Uh, and this is something else I, I, I just kind of want to address as I'm on this point anyway. You know, the ISL isn't necessarily like anti-Olympics. And a, there's a mm -hmm. lot of narrative that's come out about that. You know, we're, right. we're really not about that. It really is just about pushing the sport of swimming to the next level. Right. And when you compete for your country at Worlds or Olympics, etc., like obviously, you know, there's national pride. It's, it's the pinnacle of our sport. It's absolutely amazing mm -hmm. and a privilege to be able to do this. But, you know, um, it doesn't you know, always come around that often. Uh, not everyone gets the opportunity. And so we do need to have a wider platform to allow, you know, swimmers to actually become professionals. And, um, you know, a very big part of that is the chance to compete as professional teams, to be with people from different cultures and different countries. And uh, it's, it's just so much fun. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible. To, to be embedded yeah. in, that, in that community, yeah. I mean... Oh, and, and everyone pushes each other to be better as well. Like coaches learn new things. For sure. Athletes yeah. learn new things. Sharing um, that's going on in the deck. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, exactly. Matt, I've got a question from the audience here for you. CEO question right here. Can we please have the matches live streamed on YouTube? Is that possible? <laughs> that's, that's interesting because that is, that is something that is, we haven't confirmed that. That is something that we've, we actually, that was one of the first things we took to, to Constantine as an option. Mm. 
because um, we, I think, I think on that point, we, we want to make the matches as accessible as possible for everyone. Right. We understand that there's this a wonderful masters community in swimming, probably the, the best masters. In fact, I would say there's certainly the best masters community of any sport. They right. primarily watch on TV, so we, we we take our TV broadcasting very seriously. Mm -hmm. But where I think we've fallen down is the accessibility of. Um, of, of the matches to a wide audience, particularly uh, young swimmers. Yeah. And that is, I know Ben's mentioned before, I've mentioned before that we've been speaking actively to YouTube. That's one of the things we're talking about. Um, and we, we really want to see that happen. Um, right. we, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an easy one. Long us. story, yes. Yes. We want yes. to do this. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, one, of the thing, one last thing from me in terms of just the the understanding of really what is going on. It's very fast paced and there's a lot happening, but I did find myself where it was, I was confused with kind of the point system sometimes who was, who oh, was, yeah. you know, getting, uh, you know, this amount of points and that amount of points on certain swims. And it, it got a little confusing. Is that something that you guys want to address in the future as well? hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that, that's something else we, we want to simplify. I, mm -hmm. I think that this also, feeds into a wider point about scheduling, about the competitions and everything. Right. I think um, Constantine, Constantine has a really, really great vision for this league. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things we did is expanded a little bit too fast. We were very aggressive and then we had COVID, we've had the war in Ukraine, we've had um, a bunch of things that hit so he's us. He's been dealt bad hands. He's hand been dealt bad hand, yeah. And, um, and I think there was a bit, a bit too much expansion a little bit too quickly, both in terms of the complexity of um, the format and the schedule. So th these are things we look at together really because our our mindset is to get um as good an entertainment viewership experience for the the viewers possible while giving the athletes um the the easiest best competition and most exciting um competition lineup that, that we can and these things really go hand in hand so so we, right. we, yeah we, we're reviewing the, the match scheduling we're reviewing the um competition format a little bit right um so, so can we, you guys see the comments that. down here on the screen um uh, not no. quite. Okay, so this one, yeah. uh, this this uh, Andrew said, I'm a non-swimmer. ISL was so much more watchable than world champs. So positive comment there. Smooth. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Downtown. We appreciate um, it. Another comment here from Tim. Do you think the ISL will incorporate team trades and free agency similar to the NBA and NFL? Is that something now, you're looking at? On, on that one, I think that's, that's down the line. I think, um, right. you know, in terms of parity, we have, um, we, we institute a draft. That's something we're looking to keep. Um, the, if you look at how, I mean, NFL free agency is the biggest show on, right? That's their off season extends basically all, all year round. Um, all the, the off season is, is, mm -hmm. um, is news because of the, the, the kind of depth of their free agency and the amount of money. Um, but if you look at how that developed over the years, I mean, they started out trying to recruit from college, which was the, the larger athletic competition and free agency became this enormous spectacle decades into, into their growth. You know, so, so in order to have real free agency like that, the ISL would need to move to um, a situation where the individual clubs and the individual GMs have a much larger salary cap there, um, you know, that they're competing with more money at stake over athletes and, and are individually funding themselves as well. Because at right. the moment with the league centrally funding uh, athletes payments effectively, this season certainly, mm. um, you know, that, that type of thing just doesn't really work. So that is something great, we want to see that down the line. We think that makes the sport much more exciting. We think that gives athletes more autonomy. These are all things that we're very in favor of, but that in order to get there, there's a lot of infrastructural growth that needs to happen in the right. league. Gotcha. I, I will say though that um, we are taking active lessons from other sports yeah. leagues. Sure. Um, sure. Indian Premier League, cricket, great one, NFL, yeah. NBA, especially NFL films, mm -hmm. really inspired by that to do alternative content. We're, we're, we're trying to be sensible and learn from success stories elsewhere. What about this comment here uh, from one of my former teammates from Sydney 2000? Uh, oh, incredible. Back, uh, backstroker. Um, Matt Welsh? No, Josh Watson. Josh <laughs> <Okay>. Watson. <laughs> Matt, Matt was I'm one of my teammates. Fan, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Matt was certainly one of my teammates, but Josh, yeah. was, Josh was better than Matt Welsh. Right, Josh? Um, Ooh, uh, is there any plans to run a fantasy league for the ISL? Also, yes. Same answer, effectively. I think... You know, there's there's a lot of stuff that we want to do, and there's a lot of stuff that constantly wants to do, which we've sat down with him, and we we really love, it's particularly around things like that fantasy, um, getting the audience, especially the digital audience, actively engaged in the matches. Mm -hmm. Bunch of ideas. Um, in order to get there, there's a series of steps, right? And it does. It's not that's not just payments, which is the first thing, as we as we keep saying, but we need to have. 
um, I think a more regular structure before we um, and, and run that probably for a couple of seasons before we, we start engaging in things like fantasy because right. you just there's a level of predictability that you need in order to get um, to get good metrics and um, and to make it an actually engaging um, engaging experience. Yeah. So right. a little bit off from that. There are two points I will add to that though. Mm -hmm. One, uh, there's a lot of confusion over ratings and why the ISL has a rating system, but it actually ties in exactly to. Yeah. Things like a fantasy league, because mm -hmm. we need to have a way of objectively ranking every single different athlete to make mm -hmm. a fantasy league viable. You know, right. so that that's actually a very very good point. The second thing is just a little bit more about our own background and why you know another reason why we slotted into this role. You know, obviously the ISL is is, is you know, key passion project for me and, and Matt at the moment, but we do own a tech company um, as well, which has the experience in. Kind of dealing with gamification, the metaverse, mm. and a lot of this kind of stuff. So, mm. again, the, the key thing from the ISL and for us is payments and just sorting out housekeeping. But in terms of a long-term vision, where we also have the capability uh, in-house, essentially through our network, to to work on this kind of stuff. And that's definitely kind of engagement in not just traditional uh, communities and you know through broadcasting and YouTube, etc. But kind of taking it to a different level is something that we definitely have in mind, and we also think we have the capabilities and expertise to do so. Right, so that's another right. reason why we're we're very keen on this. Guys, I was going to cut this off at 30 minutes, but we're getting some good questions coming in now. So are you okay well, to just keep we're, answering we're, some we're, questions? We're very well. We're very yeah, happy to keep yeah. rolling for us. Okay, good. Well, uh, yeah, there's some good good comments coming in. More people have joined us here. So let's have a look at this one. Do you plan on keeping skins and varying match day lineups or varying match day lineups? Skins, yes. Skins, yes. Yeah. Like I think it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of like an ISL signature. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. With regards to mixing up the match lineup, that's mm -hmm. something that Constantine has um, had in the back of his mind. And I think it's important to actually dissect the logic as to why he wants to do this. Um, you know, a, a big part about why Constantine wants to kind of introduce extra unpredictability in the matches right. is precisely so that, you know, it, it, not every match is the same, right? And mm -hmm. it, yep. it gives so much more variability and people can go into a match genuinely not assuming, for example, that energy is going to be iron or, or sorry, iron, but you know, just, just throwing it out as an example. Sorry, Darina. Sorry, guys. Uh, but, you know, but, you know, really trying to put in a bit of variability and, and the way I'll, I'll explain this as well, actually, you know, um, let's say uh, there, are, there are certain swimmers who recover significantly more quickly in between races. But if the lineup is uh, predictable, then uh, head coaches and general managers can strategize accordingly. But if there's a system which rewards a team for winning a certain event and then they get to pick the lineup, you know, they could try to mess with another team strategy by playing on the fact that certain swimmers don't recover as quickly. But, you know, let's say these swimmers are the people who have to swim back-to-back -back 50s, for example, and that may be a disadvantage for them. So. It, it, it's, it, I can see where Constantine's logic is coming from, and I think that's a very interesting conceptual idea. That being said, I think... We need to communicate it better, right? A, we need to communicate, that's, that's the first and B, uh, genuinely, I think, uh, before we take this step, we can't do it unilaterally. We need to consult with our audience, like you guys, tell us if you think that's a good idea and whether you'd be interested. You know, another thing that we could do is not every match, maybe most matches have the same lineup, but one or two matches can be experimental. Third thing is, you know, rather than the league, like us just being like, bonk, this is what we're doing now. We, we talk to athletes, talk to GMs, talk to head coaches, see if this is a viable thing. And we can refine this together. I think um, having this consultative element is super important moving forward. And, you know, we right. really want to highlight this. Right. Um, there's a, there's a uh, message here from Kyle House. Kyle talks about storytelling behind the scenes and that sort of thing. And, and we touched on this earlier, but... Is there any plans maybe for a documentary, like a, a year-long documentary following team or an athlete or something like that? Um, I, think, I think that, yes, yes, there is. But again, we have to be, we have to be a bit careful in terms of uh, resources. And particularly, right. in order to do a full year-long documentary, we have a bit of a ways to go. Because right. with a reduced season, athletes, you know, athletes are going to be, in, in, by our, our current plans, in the same place, certainly not for the whole year. And so, yes, we want to be doing, we want to constantly be checking in on our athletes, our coaches, our GMs, our, everyone, um, to, make, to make sure that we're all growing and we're all in a, in a good place building towards the season. Um, but I think, I think we're a little bit of a way off from like a year-long documentary. What, what right. I will say is, I don't think you necessarily need it to be that long. 
um, in order to really create some really great stuff. Because we, we have a whole bunch of awesome athletes and many athletes for whom the ISL really is. I, I know we say the Olympics is still the, is the pinnacle of the sport and probably mm. will be you know, for a long, long time. But there are athletes who take ISL incredibly seriously and who have great stories to tell and for whom it really Absolutely. is the most important thing. And, yeah. and yeah. bringing yeah. that out even in a short term is something we're very I think that's uh, that's what Felipe Delgado was talking about here in terms of, you know, the personalities and, and yeah, yeah. you know, getting behind the scenes of those. Um, Kyle House had another interesting comment here, which I, I find interesting. They're kind of like letting the swimmers be billboards, for like, like in NASCAR or something like that, where, you know, the swimmers could have their own personal <laughs> uh, advertising. Yeah. Is that even a possibility? I think... Um, I mean, swimmers already have their own personal advertising um, in, in terms of their existing sponsorship deals. I think a big priority for us as a league is is not to not to step on that really. Mm -hmm. And I think because of where swimming is right now, um, we are in a really great position to grow um, to grow league wide sponsorship, which feeds directly into athletes while promoting them more, so they can go get their individual sponsorship. We don't see that as a conflict of interest in any way. Um, there's an, there are obvious difficulties with like if you're comparing to NASCAR and F1, just the amount of you know, space that you can put logos on. I'm not super, well, unless there's some hey, I, I'm not super keen to stick. Kyle, logos I, I, I like, I like the idea of temporary tats actually. Though. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, you, I'm, you were telling me actually, Matt, that you would be willing to put an ISL tattoo on yourself. Oh, only under very specific <laughs> circumstances. But All right, think, there we go. I think, I think um, that, um, I think that, um, you know, in, in terms of stuff like temporary tattoos, things like that, yeah. we're, we're not really looking at that right now. That, that would, that's something we'd really have to speak to athletes about. Um, we think that it's certainly possible for athletes to have really wonderful sponsorship opportunities yeah. beyond swimming, not just related to our events from the platform the ISL can help provide, um, and also um, be part of the, the fact that we, as a league, have much more reach than an individual athlete to sign larger kind of sponsorship deals. Um, and, and yeah, sw swimming, we do unfortunately have some disadvantages in terms of advertising on, um, or on things that athletes wear because in competitions, in training, wear fewer things. But, oh, and also you're in the water. And also you're in the water, right, yeah. So um, th there are limitations in, in that front compared to other sports, but there are, lots of other, um, there are lots of other advantages that swimming has in terms of regularity of um, meets, in terms of the importance of training and all the the great stuff that athletes do outside, um, outside of competition, where we right. see huge opportunities, both for them individually and for the league. Would you guys ever consider bringing in 25s into the uh, event lineup or even um, like 200 relays, you know, f uh, 50s or even 100 relays where it's a 25 of each stroke or something like that? Um, I mean, I think we consider everything. We, yeah, we're, we're very open to considering yeah. everything. Um, we honestly need to, again, consult with everyone, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love 4x50 uh, yeah. relays. Like, they too. were my favorite event back in the yeah, day. Especially too. love 4x50 relays. <laughs> in college, now, yeah. At, at NCAAs, <laughs> they're the best relays. Exactly, exactly. It's so much fun. Um, that being said, though, like we, we are also aware that uh, we have a lot of events on the program. It's, yeah, right. it's really intense over you know two hours and then two days. Um, we don't want to, I mean, we don't want to tire athletes out too much. And we also still want to, um, you know, given the fact that the, the ISL format was designed so that it could be fitted into a two hour broadcast window every day. So we do have to approach um, adding new events with a little bit of caution. Mm -hmm. But you know what, as I said, um, we can experiment. We'll, we'll talk to you guys, thanks for these suggestions. We'll talk to athletes and GMs. Yep. And maybe, you know, when we do have, um, next season coming up uh, with competitive matches. Maybe we can try it out in one match and mix it up a little bit in the regular season, for example. Or maybe we can even try this out if we manage to do a camp in um, 2022. Just for, just, just for fun, like each club, ideally if we get a cluster together, different clubs can actually you know, have some fun relays against each other and we can you know, live stream this. Or um, even virtually compete, like the European teams, if they're doing a training camp in somewhere in Europe versus the Americans, et cetera. We, we, can, we can be creative in uh, doing things in a fun way. Yeah, and, and as, to add on to that, just sorry quickly, like yeah. the, as we've been saying, you know, the competition format itself, we, we have to be somewhat consistent with that because yeah. as a viewership experience, people need to understand what's going on. And if we're just constantly changing everything all the time, it's, it's not gonna yeah, be great yeah. for that. Exactly. But um, I think 
where a lot of these, these innovations can be made, it, it really does feed back into exactly yeah. what Ben said, you know, the alternative, the alternative content, alternative stuff that we want to do. And, in all, and that is a very consultative process with the athletes, coaches, and the audience too. Um, right, so, right. you know, open um, mind on that. Just a comment here on super suits. I'll say this, they, they don't make super suits anymore. You know, the, the, the companies don't manufacture them. You know, the, the only reason why they made them in the first place was to sell them. So they're not just going to make these expensive super suits for a competition where they, they can't even sell them or use them. So that that's out of the question. But in terms of long course meters, have you guys considered a change in format from short course meters to maybe long course meters? So, so uh, three things I'll say. Firstly, Remel, love, love your username. Hope you're actually Caleb Remel Dresser. Um, <laughs> secondly, super suits. Um, yep, Brett, you're absolutely correct. Um, and there are not that many of them lying around these days. No, um, no. Though, though, you know, I, I do think it would be fun to get a whole bunch of people in, in J-Keds and uh, X-Glides and uh, just, just have something see, crazy. See that, that, <laughs> that'd be quite fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of long course, I think it's, it's actually important to take a step back and remember that when... You know, when Constantine set up the ISL, he had already been doing um, Energy for Swim event, named after Energy Standard, obviously, um, in, in a few years before that. And he had the pro group training out of Turkey uh, under James Gibson. And most of those events were actually long course. And that's where he pioneered a lot of the ideas, like, like Skins, for example, um, that are you know, now kind of signature as part of the ISL competitive matches. Um, you know, certainly, we could go back to long course. That being said, there are some practical considerations. Uh, production uh, does become a lot more difficult in long course. Um, you just need like cameras to be you know, following things so much more. And um, but it, it's, it's a possibility. And we started from long course. So um, let's see. You know, we, we remain very open down the line. But again, I think, I think with regards to really changing things up a bit too much, Again, our immediate priorities are like, get everyone paid, mm -hmm. do a bit of restructuring, and then start from a place of familiarity and also what people really want, right? Um, athletes as well as the community, so that we, we have a, a consistent and economical product. And as things go well down the years, and we, we're realistic, this is a, a year, you know, multi-year project at the very least. Um, we can start, you know, playing around with things and, and being a bit more experimental, but we've got to, we've got to start from the basics. Yeah. Well, lots of good comments coming in now. A lot of people, um, putting their two cents in any plans to connect junior swimming better. Yes, there certainly is yep. putting the ISL style meets at age group level. Yes. I've had, I've had talks with Constantine about yeah. that training clinics and workshops. Yes. I've even had con uh, conversations with Constantine. So I know that's a fact. And, and so I know you guys are heavily involved in that. So that, that's definitely part of the talks and plans for the future, for sure. Another comment here, it says, uh, any plans to incorporate the parasite of swimming? I, I haven't heard that. Um, I think we, we, we've spoken about this to Constantine and okay. yes, yes, there are. Mm. It, it's another one of those, unfortunately, a little bit down the line because, right. and, and that's, that's simply because of the competition format and some of the, the time limitations that we have and also the complexities of, of the teams. We, I think we've, we're working very hard, and, and Ben said before about the rating system, which has been, I think, difficult for, for people to understand. Another purpose of the rating system is to, um, is to ensure gender parity in, in the teams and in the way athletes are ranked. Um, when we start incorporating parasimmers in, into that, um, that becomes more complex again. So I think you know, we do have ambitions to incorporate parasimmers. Absolutely, we want like, to be, we are as inclusive as we can. Possible. Yeah. Um, I think we're unfortunately a little bit away from that right now. Um, and that's, that's simply down to the complexity that would have on, on the format. However, I think we are incredibly open to engaging as much as we possibly can um, with para swimmers and, and, and master swimmers, junior swimmers, yep. everything that was said before, um, it, as part of our broader engagement with the community and the other stuff we're doing outside of competition at this point. I and think this, uh, this has actually brought up, a, this, this has brought up a good point too, you know, just us sitting here talking and then interacting with with people who care about swimming and are passionate about it and this brought up a thought for me is there a way that they could connect with you so some of these ideas and some of these questions could come directly to you and you could interact with people and kind of help um, establish that credibility to know that you know we are taking in your opinions and concerns and we are answering those is other than just this kind of format is there a way that they could connect with you yeah so, so ways, yeah. well I, I will say firstly guys like um um we actually do read comments mm. um 
different publications mm -hmm. uh, on our own Instagram posts and our YouTube videos. Like we, we will read everything. But right. you know, Brett, honestly, feel free to feel free to put my email down um, in in yeah. the like description yeah, on YouTube. Okay, and yeah, I'll put it if, here. If, in if the anyone comments asks section. you personally, like feel free to pass our email on. And and guys, genuinely email us. Like a consistent message I've been telling to athletes and GMs and pretty much everyone I talk to is like we are now a league that talks to people. Yeah. That is the one thing in the short term we can actually control and we are very serious about doing this. So guys, message us. Yeah. And we, we, you know, Brett, again, thank you for the platform. We will be coming back on, I'm sure. And um, as and when we have developments and new news, we, we will be talking to people as well and keeping everyone updated. And we Absolutely. appreciate the opportunity for dialogue because you guys are the people who ultimately consume the product yep. and we want to mm. make a product better for you and so the more feedback and constructive criticism that we can get the more we can actually incorporate that into the way that we do things and and give you what you want to see 100 there so, you go so that's excellent well there you go guys um i put i put ben's the the commissioner of the isl he's, his email is up it's in there if you want to yep. email him directly <laughs> Ben, I don't know if that's a good thing, but they're coming at you now. I'm for both of us, and then it's split a little bit. <laughs> uh, all right, I need to, I need to um, put yours, Matt. Um, ben, could you text me, Matt? I'm not sure if I have. Yeah, let, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to yeah. do that right now. Let's, let's do it um, live, so that way I can put it in. Sure. sure. And I mean, no like worries. we have also, um, you know, we we don't we monitor. We're looking to grow out the social media and, and things like that. We. Right. Um, at least one of the team will read what what people post and will feed right. that back to us. Okay, um, and so, go. yeah, we are as open as we can be. That's exactly Excellent. what Ben says. You know, we we recognize that ultimately when we talk about alternative revenue, what alternative revenue really means is that you guys in the swimming community and the broader sports community watch and consume the ISL and yep. engage as much as possible. So we are very, very keen to, to do this. Perfect. Well, there you go, Matt. That's the uh, CEO of ISL. His uh, his email address, personal, is up there now. You can get him. Hopefully yeah. not uh, the personal. Hopefully not. Yeah. What did no, you no, do? It's the ISL. Oh, okay. There we go. Well, I mean, it's personal enough. It's got your name on it, you know. So it's it's going straight yeah, yeah. to you. Uh, it's not going to anyone else. It's going no, straight to Matt. There we go. Me, yeah. Ben's up there. Matt's up there, and uh, and you can reach them now. So excellent. I think this is uh, this has been a good start and and answered a lot of great questions and. Look, I think what I've taken away from this the most, and, and I've known this for a little while now, is that the ISL is passionate about this continuing. A lot of people think this is going to end. They think it's dead or, what you know, they, they want to take a negative spin on this. Maybe even from day one, I've heard those things. So it's never going to work. And yet here we are. We're still talking about it years later. We're still, uh, you know, the ISL has brought on new staff, a new vision, and new plans to, to grow and get better and continue to, uh, bring swimming to the world. So listen, I'm I'm happy to hear it. I'm excited about the, the message that you guys are putting out. Um, I'm happy to help in any way that I can. I, honestly, you appreciate, can use my platform. It, Thank you. Whenever you need my platform, you can use it. And um, I appreciate you guys taking the time today, okay? No, pleasure. Oh, oh, yeah, really. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Brett. And, and also thank you everyone who's, um, you know, tuned in, has listened and has passed us comments. We, we yeah. genuinely like yeah, we really, talk to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, excellent. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. No, no worries, Brett. Brett. Take care. Day. Have a great day. Bye. And thanks, everyone.